Of course, I go by the name of the kid. Famous Swell. This here is the Tim and Sid Show. You are now tuned in. Coast to coast. Entertaining the masses. Sports entertainment. Yeah. It's about to get started. Sit back. Enjoy the show. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Hey, hey. Tim and Sid. Wednesday, December 16th. Counting down the days, at least in this house. Tim McAuliffe, he said, Zixero. Toward a He's couple things, right, McAuliffe? Towards a couple things. You got the holidays Started the NBA up. season. Started the NBA season. Mm-hmm. Tim McAuliffe, two, two well-deserved weeks off coming up, not that far away. I know you don't want to shine a light, but good for you. Like, there's, there, the countdown is on multiple. It's like you're in a newsroom with multiple clocks from around the world, right? right? You got the clock. Clocks yep. are ticking for numerous things in the McAuliffe household, as you said. Mm-hmm. Numerous things. Good for you. Yep. Good for you. Yeah, the kids are of the age where they just, like, if anyone celebrates Christmas, they know the the advent calendar. And they are just tearing those I things still, off. I still do it. Tim, I still do it. Do you it. still do it? <laughs> I yeah. still, I d- haven't done it this year because, you know, there's been things going on. Things. But norm, in a normal year... And I did it last year. I yep. pick up at the grocery store the advent calendar. For those who aren't familiar with the advent calendar, starting December 1st, you got a little piece of chocolate in a door. You open up the door. You give yourself a morning chocolate. Kicks the day off perfectly. And you count down. It's a good reminder for when the holidays actually do arrive if you're slightly absent-minded. So as a 40-plus-year-old man, I will mm-hmm. gladly admit, love me some advent calendar. Love it. Uh, Dylan writes in who happens to work on the show. I'm Jewish and I mess with an advent calendar. Who Everyone does. It, it's chocolate. Who hey, no one, it? no one's holding it against you. Absolutely not, man. Anyway. Find me someone who doesn't like chocolate. And shout out what? to our homies still celebrating Hanukkah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, 8 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night. We'll also yes. be live online. Sid and I will be hosting Mitch Marner's Streamathon in sport in, in support, not sport. And sport, some of sport. it. It actually worked both ways, but whatever. In support of his charity, uh, name of the online fundraiser is One Team United, presented by Intact Insurance in support of the Marner Assist Foundation. Should be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to check it out, MarnerAssistFund.com. MarnerAssistFund.com. And if you want to backslash stream, you got it, kids. Uh, that's how you can be a part of it and donate to some extremely worthwhile causes. Absolutely. Uh, big night tomorrow with Tim McAuliffe, myself, Mitch Marner, and friends. Should be fun. Also, big show today. Insider Wednesday, we're calling it, because it just kind of worked out that way, but we'll take it. Yeah. Some of the best in the business. No joke, McAuliffe. Some of the yep. best insiders in sports will join us in the next two hours. From ESPN, baseball insider, Jeff Passan, hockey insider. Hockey night in Canada, Elliot Friedman will tell us all the things that aren't happening right now. Seriously, though, there's, there's, there was some juice today. We'll get to it. And last but certainly not least, basketball savant Shams Sharania from The Athletic and Stadium will be on the show. He's yeah. the one who broke the Giannis news yesterday. Uh, five years, $228 million extension with the Bucks. We'll talk about that with him. A little James Harden. We'll get to Harden in a bit. He returned finally to talking to the media today after playing last night live on Sportsnet. And uh, we'll talk about some other things as well. Let's begin with hoops, Timmy. And the ripple mm-hmm. effect of said Bucks move yesterday, I think you and I could both agree on this, still being felt across the NBA. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, without a, 
Without a doubt, the Giannis re-signing in Milwaukee has a trickle-down effect, and if you don't understand that, then you're not paying attention. Raptor sure. fans uh, are feeling that trickle-down effect, and they can now focus on the players that they have and what they might do with those players and that cap space moving forward. Uh, training camp continuing in Tampa today as the Raptors get set for their preseason finale. First game at Amelie Arena Friday against the Heat, amazingly. Bizarre to say. With just over 3,000 fans in attendance. At least that's kind of sort of what we're being told. Um, I won't stop there. We'll just move on. Now that the dream of Giannis is seemingly put to rest, at least for now, does that put more pressure on Pascal Siakam after what transpired in the bubble last year to develop back into the player that everyone thought he was on the trajectory towards on the outside, Tim looking in. Yes. Um, I think the pressure does increase, but I, I was, I was comforted by watching something this week that Siakam posted on his YouTube channel channel, specifically the humble hustle series that he's posting. It's with his agent and some close confidants. It's, it's actually kind of cool. And he posted an eight minute episode this week, Tim, they didn't talk mm. solely about what happened in the bubble. But there were moments in this where Pascal Siakam kind of lets you in further. And he has been very open to, with the media about what's gone on uh, in the past with him, specifically in the bubble. I heard this this week, McAuliffe, and as someone who watches the Raptors, uh, I was comforted. Roll it. Hmm. The, the, the bubble was in Disneyland, I'll tell you that much. You know, sometimes things are not going to go your way. Like, I had a great season, and then I just went to a point where, like, I, I just wasn't performing well. So it was tough, but, like, I love that. I love the fact that I was struggling and, and had to get back up. So, I try to not put so much focus on what people say. Even when they're saying good things about me, I always revert back to myself and knowing the amount of work that I put in and continuing to grow. Like that's, no matter how good or bad I am, I never take, you know, like I said again, not too high with the highs and not too low with the lows. So I try to take it, you know, as I, as I go and, and continue to improve. So this is definitely be a time where I have an opportunity to go back and rethink everything. And when you have moments like that, all that matters is how you come back. And that's on his YouTube channel, and you can you can check out the entire series. It's it's pretty interesting, and I know it's you know when when athletes have control of their own content, it can be exhilarating at times, but also rather predictable. This this wasn't that, so I would I would I would no. suggest taking a look at it. My my main point here is Tim. He had a quote in there. It was tough, but I love it. Facing that type of adversity, and I'm looking big picture across the league. Which NBAers having left the bubble? without the, the Larry OB, are probably the most motivated going into this season. Now, we can, we can debate which names. I think most would agree Kawhi's probably pissed. Mm-hmm. He's probably going into this season charged. Paul George, again, he's tougher to read. You would assume he, yeah. he, he, took, he took a lot of sting at the end of that season. He's charged up. Jimmy Butler, he was nearly there. He did everything he could. I'd say Jimmy Butler is charged up. Kevin Durant, he's hurt everything. Coming off the Achilles, he's charged. I would put Pascal Siakam right in that group. And what gives me even more optimism about Pascal stepping to the fore and answering the challenge and the pressure that you alluded to 
as, as we started this conversation, is that he's coming from a place where he's already an all-star. His base to come back from is all-star level. He knows what that feels like. He knows what he has to do to get there. Something happened between March and the bubble. That we know. And it needed Bobby Webster and Masai and people to actually fly out to see him to rectify some things. I'm not saying everything's been rectified. We're going to find out. But I have great faith that one of the hungriest players in the league in Pascal Siakam can answer the pressure, some of which was, as you alluded to, Tim, added yesterday with the signing of Giannis in Milwaukee. I think he can answer the bell. Maybe not, but I think he can answer it. I think the Raptors know this, too. There's there's a couple things that were interesting, and listen, we're going to watch him in preseason and early on like a hawk. Everyone is going to see whether he's the 24-point-a-game guy that he was in the regular season or if he is the 17-point-a-game guy that he was in the bubble. And if he's the latter, the Raptors are in trouble this year. Here are the two things that I look at that are impressive to start for me. One of them was he shooting 50% in two games from three. Huge. He was three of six in game one. He was two of four in game two. Listen, I don't know if that's just two games. It's a small sample size here, kids. It's worth noting, though. Worth noting. But the the two ways that you ease pressure on what his game is is by shooting the three well so people have to get out on you, then you can drive by them. The other one is passing out of the double team. And I don't know if if you didn't watch game two, he only took seven shots. And people were like, well, why, why, why did he only take seven shots? Well, because he was consistently passing out of the double teams that the Hornets were throwing at him. And when you only end up with three assists, people say, well, he only had three assists. But if guys just miss open jumpers, it's not your fault. And if you watch that game again, it was it seemed clear to me. And listen, I remember I was covering the Raptors when Chris Bosh went to the playoffs as the man. And people were thinking, well, this is the future of the Raptors. And the New Jersey Nets, under Lawrence Frank, threw double team after double team after double team at Chris Bosh. And he couldn't handle it. And that's why he bounced. If you talk to him after a few drinks and he says, gives you the truth, you gave him true serum, I guarantee you he was really worried about what the future was going to look like because he was eaten up by those double teams. And what happened to Pascal last year was very similar And if he learns to pass out of those double teams early, he'll see a lot less of them. And it's just one of those little things in basketball that not enough people pay attention to. And I can almost hear people going, ah, I don't want to. It's not sexy enough for me. It's just the truth. And oftentimes on this show, we have spit the truth at you about the Toronto Raptors, and it has come to fruition. Uh, I told you that Pascal Siakam was going to become this player that was going to jump jump the queue, and he did. So listen to me on this one. If he learns to pass out of that double team and hits threes, look out. And I'm not just talking about second team All-NBA. I'm talking about an evolution yeah, no of this game. No doubt. Um, so, so you went from slow your roll on Malachi Flynn to I ordered a jersey in a game. Now, I've got you, yeah. Sydney. I've gotten used to the black and white mood swings that you bring to the table. Where is your truth on Malachi Flynn? Because I don't know where to. I I got. I was with you on the slow your roll, and then all of a sudden I'm looking at Twitter. I don't know if you're stirring the pot 
or you're jumping on a bandwagon or what you're doing, but you ordered a Malachi Flynn jersey. Like, what's going on here? Well, I mean, again, the, no summer league, no workouts with the coaches. I know we worked out with Fred Van Fleet a little bit. Uh, Fred let that out this week uh, prior to the draft. He even worked out with Fred. But these kids don't have any prep. I'm not expecting anything. That's really the simple base of where I'm coming from. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to. I don't want to smother the young man. You know what I mean? Like I just, you got to give him space. This is an NBA As season like will. no other. As people, people will. will smother him. Yep. <laughs> and listen, I mean, even even in Toronto, as a 29th overall pick, which he is, you could sometimes feel a little smothered, let alone a lottery pick. So that's where I was coming from with that. I just didn't want to put too much on the young man's plate. Having seen him in two games, um, he's not scared of much. Like again, I want to I want to emphasize this. He was better than Lamelo Ball, right? Yes. Yeah. Who was the better first year guard on the court in Charlotte the last couple of games? It wasn't Lamelo. I got nothing against Lamelo. Lamelo's played against grown men for the last two years. I respect that. He'll be fine. He will be fine. Malachi was a plus thirty five in his first ever NBA game in twenty minutes to defend in the NBA is like hitting a curve in Major League Baseball. It is one of the tougher things to do properly. And he walked onto a court with no fans, but whatever. He walked onto a court with some seasoned pros. Charlotte's not the best team. We know that. But I have been quickly converted. And not just to see it, Tim, but to hear it. Guys, have the Fred Van Vliet ready. To hear it from Fred Van Vliet. Forgive me if this is where you wanted to go the whole time and I just took my time to get here. But the Fred Van Vliet clip this week about Malachi Flynn and what he's been like behind the scenes, what he's been like working out, the questions he's asking, this is telling because people have compared Malachi's journey to Fred Van Vliet's, and to hear Fred Van Vliet describe Malachi, daddy-like. <laughs> daddy. Yeah, 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 every day, every day. That's what I like about him. He's, he's, he's eager to learn, and um, he's humble enough to ask and um, you know, that's a dangerous combination when, when you're humble enough to seek out the info but still have that swagger and that confidence to go out there on the court. And, you know, you see what he's been doing the last two games. So uh, it's going to be a journey for him, and I'm sure there'll be, there'll be ups and downs for him. But, um, you know, he's got a bright future ahead of him, and he's, he's, in a, he's starting off pretty good, you know, pretty good. I want to get to the rest of it, so I'm not going to play you the clip that I had pulled, but basically Fred Van Vliet said the exact same thing to us, Donovan Bennett and I, when he was right. on with us about his relationship with Kyle Lowry. So if you want to get excited about Malachi Flynn, go get excited about Malachi Flynn. Just don't expect things from a rookie because that's why they're called rookies. Uh, Raptors final preseason game Friday versus the Heat, as mentioned uh, and in the regular season opener, December 23rd, against the Pelican, 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 Pelican. The annual tradition of starting off a Raptors season with the Pelicans. I love it already. And also, there yes. might be fans of that preseason game, Tim, on Friday down in Tampa. Yeah, I, I don't want to dive into this too deep. I, I got the sense earlier in the show you didn't want either. I think we're on the same page. It's going to be a weird sight. And I'll leave it at that. A weird sight. Um, any final thoughts on that before I go to Harden, Timmy? No, I want to get to the rest of this stuff, and we don't have enough time already, so... Uh, but the Harden, the Harden sound, we have time for the Harden sound. Uh, despite wanting out of Houston, James Harden made his preseason debut for the Rockets last night, to my surprise, live on Sportsnet. 12 points in 21 minutes, he was 3 of 10. Most people were talking about his apparent weight gain, which had Rick Ross and Kendrick Perkins trending on Twitter. 
I, I, I refuse to comment on people's weight gain, so I'm just going to walk away from that. Harden refused to speak to the media after the game. He did, however, for some reason, speak this, not after the game last night, but he spoke this morning, and he was asked why he missed the start of training camp for the Rockets. Roll it, please. James, what was the point that you were trying to get across when you went to Atlanta and Vegas when training camp was starting? I was just training. What were you training for? The uh, start of the NBA season. How did going to Atlanta and Vegas help you there when the Rockets were starting training camp in Houston? Uh, just, you know, my personal trainers. And just so we're clear, his personal trainers in Vegas were called Cinnamon, Candy, <laughs> and I'll leave it there. Uh, Tim, what part of the story angers you the most? If any part of it. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe none of this angers you. I'm not sure. Can we hear the second? Is there two, Dylan? Yeah, there is. There is. Can, can we hear the second one as well? There's a lot here. Um, I I love how he, if if you're listening on radio, he's greased up and wearing a jersey that suggests that he's been working out. And it looks like he's just sprayed baby his ar- oil. His like arms are massive. Yeah, he's coming out. Yeah. For, he's like number three out for the Royal Rumble. Like he's ready to At, go. After everyone called him fat yesterday. Um, but here here's the second <laughs> clip when he's pushed on it. Do you still want the Rockets to trade you? And if so, why? Uh, right now, I'm just focused on being here. You know, everybody in the locker room, coaching staff has been focused on uh, ramping up and preparing for the season. So um, that's all that matters. All right. And let me just let me say something about the, hey, let's not push a guy on his weight during a global pandemic and Sid Sixero saying, I'm not going to throw stones from my glass house. Sydney, you're not paid $42.7 million on average per year. The least you can do is show up on time and in shape, neither of which James Harden did. I heard a lot of people that I respect a hell of a lot say, well, wait, you know, if you're sitting on your couch and you're saying James Harden showed up fat slow, you're I'm not paid $42.7 million per year to show up and play basketball. The least you can do is show up in shape. Four years, $171 million says that's the least you could do. Add the strip club with Lil Baby. Add the you pressured the franchise to trade for Russell Westbrook. It didn't work out. They trade Russell Westbrook, and then you still push for a trade. Like, when is the athlete accountable? Ever? It seems like we have, like, there's two sides to every equation, and some people just side with the athlete, and some people just side with everybody else. You can do both. This isn't politics where you have to pick one side which is just as ridiculous. You can look at this and say, I really like James Harden. He's a really good player. Don't show up fat. It's not body shaming. You get paid $42 million to play a sport. The least you can do is show up in shape. And now, we're listen, we're going to hear all this crap, and I don't even know if I believe it. I, I, not that I don't believe it. But have you heard this charter stuff that he was getting planes to ch- private planes to take him to party in Vegas on off days? 
I, I ESPN's report today. Basically, based, here, uh, the Rockets ownership and people around the Rockets are leaking as much terrible stuff right now as they can. They're trying to save face. Right. And part right. of the story was, aside from like running uh, Kevin McHale and Chris Paul out of town, uh, yes, he was getting charged. I'm not surprised at all by that story. Not and, surprised. And by the way, Luka Doncic showed up out of shape too. So it's not like it's just James Harden. And both of them aren't really known for their hard bodies, so it's not like they that's what they need to be. But if you're the leader, if you're the face, the leader of a franchise, I think it says a lot about you if you're not showing up in shape, even during a global pandemic when it's tough on everybody. And I get it. I get it. But I also think that you're being paid for it, too. Here, here. Now I feel brave enough to say he was working out in Vegas, but for a wing-eating competition. Thank you for giving me the freedom, Tim, and the courage to go down that road because you make a great point. Terrific point. Agree with everything you said. It's unacceptable. He tried to look swole today, and uh, there was a reason for it. So well done, McAuliffe. Well done. He did. Uh, he might have had, had the, the shirts tucked in. That was a great in. point. May, yeah. He he might, could, oh, are you kidding? The, 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 uh, the clips in the back to make it tighter, right, for, at the fitting? Like, he, he might, he no, might have some of those was, going on. No, no, I wasn't uh, saying that he came out to the podium uh, with the elastics and the scotch tape behind his back. <laughs> but that's not I'm the guy that, that we saw last night. You would admit that. No, that I'm not saying in, war, in warm-up, he could have had a couple of shirts, and it just looked really bad. Like, the shirts no, it, underneath the shirts. That looks, like how, that looks like how I got up this morning. That looked kind of bad. <laughs> All right. That's not All right, too we got to take the break. Uh, it's Insider Wednesday. We've got, honestly... Some of the very best in the business. Jeff Passan, Elliot Friedman, and coming up next, Sham Sharania. We'll ask him if Giannis actually thought about other places and if one of those other places was Toronto. We'll do that next right here on Tim and Sid. Sportsnet, radio, and television. Listen, I got a gut, too. Like, I am, this is a glass house. Yeah, but you're not paid 40 mil. Tim and Sid, coast to coast on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 of the fam. Michael Flynn writes in and says, can we coin the phrase Flynn sanity right now and make the t-shirts? Hold on. You Hold just on. did. You just did. Hold on. It's a bit much. <laughs> it's a bit much. Hold right, on. Jay writes in and says, picture from the Rockets practice Monday shows James Harden looking uh, kind of sort of slim and says... Maybe don't take one angle as gospel before you call a guy out of shape. Literally at the end of that segment, did I not say it could have just been a bad angle? He could have had Correct. the shirts tucked in. You brought it up. You brought it up. Said I said that literally at the end. If he did show up out of shape, shame on him. He makes $43 million a year. And Tim, that's been happening to me for years. People have been catching my bad side, just making me look fat, and I'm tired of it. Right. Like It's just bad angles and bad luck. Understood. Um, our next guest is one of the best in the business, pound for pound, any sport. Sham Sharania from The Athletic and Stadium joining us. He broke the Giannis trade, among all the other news pieces he's yeah. broken over the years. Shams, welcome back to the show. It's a pleasure. How are you doing, man? Hey, guys. I'm good. Hope you guys are staying safe. I appreciate you having me on. We're hanging in. We're hanging in. We appreciate you jumping on. Listen, I wanna, I'm going to ask you the specifics of, of Giannis and Harden and some of these other stories here, but um, I'm curious, someone in your position who's broken – as 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 much news as you have, do you still get that feeling before you hit send on the tweet? Like yesterday when you had that and you knew three other people on earth had it, like do you still get butterflies about – did you still say to yourself, whoa, because of what this is going to do in the ripple across the league before you send it out? 
Yeah, no question. I mean, for me, like that, that's why you do it, right? Your 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 love and your passion for, for 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 the job, and for me, the way I view any profession is that if you don't love it, you know, then then I, it's tough for me to do it. I always have to be 100% all in with whatever I do, and uh, I definitely still get those butterflies and those jittery feelings whenever you you know you stumble upon a big story or about to go with a big story. Uh, that's that's why you do this, man. And I think that that, that as long as that passion is still there, I'll keep doing it. I always steal quotes, and someone once told me, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And I, th- I think that, uh, that's true for many people. I, listen, I know you wrote a column with Sam Amick and Eric Nem for The Athletic, inside the meetings, discussions, and ultimate commitment from Giannis and the Bucks. Did anything really surprise you from the way it went down? I think just the fact that how back and forth this really was in terms of in Giannis's mind, you know, we had a quote in there. One day he's he's one thousand percent, the next day he's asking more questions. I really think people within the Bucks organization uh, and around Giannis felt like you know one day he was like, let me sign today, and then the next day it was like, I have a question about this. You know, I think the the, the more time went on, obviously the more his commitment you know, grew and the more he realized this is really where I want to be. But I think every day there was, you know, they made the formal offer at his home on December 5th. He obviously made made the final commitment on December 15th yesterday. And, you know, between those almost two weeks, I think the question in his mind was always like, is this where I can win a championship? Is this where I can be long-term? Because that's the ultimate goal. And, you know, we we reported on, uh, you know, a couple of meetings that his agent had with, with ownership. Uh, with John Horst, the GM, um, you know, away from Giannis uh, and and obviously Giannis being involved the whole time as well on the back end. And I think those meetings were all very important to shore up in his mind because if this was an easy, quick decision, Giannis would have signed uh, before training camp started um, and before he had his media availability last week. And so the fact that it took some time, I think, just showed that the Bucs really had to sell him on their vision, sell him on on their desire and, and their roster building, toward winning and at the end of the day he was loyal to that he believed in them and committed to the five-year supermax contract shams charania of the athletic and stadium here on tim and sid uh, shams i do i do respect the kid because you know he could have played this out to the 21st and trended on twitter for another three days uh but when he knew he knew so i i, I like that he didn't play any more games with the bucks and he let them know and he firmed it up uh, i gotta ask you and me being in toronto has nothing to do with this question if he did potentially opt out and go to market who would the favorite have been, in your opinion? I don't know if there was a favorite, you know, because it never really got that far. But, you know, you'd have to look at the team. At the end of the day, Giannis wants to win, right? And he wants to play on a, on a, on a championship contending team, a team with culture. And when you look around the league, I mean, just from, from an outsider's perspective, you, you have to look at teams like, you know, to me, uh, Dallas, Denver, uh, Miami, Toronto, uh, obviously with his connection with Masai and, and their in their roots together. Like I, I think that those were really the teams that I would look at outside of Milwaukee. That uh, to me, you know, like you said, if he didn't sign the extension, and we're dealing with a year of speculation, you know, those are probably the the, the teams because they have the, the blueprint that Giannis would crave. But at the end of the day, he has that already in Milwaukee. He has that championship, you know, uh, uh, you know, culture. And and at the end, of the day, they made moves this off season that. When the pressure was on, they delivered. And, and going out and getting arguably the number one trade asset on the market before this James Harden stuff developed. But, you know, Drew Holiday was that number one trade ship. Chris Paul got traded, um, you know, around draft and free agency week. 
few other guys did as well. But Drew Holiday was that prized guy everyone was waiting on. He ended up going to Milwaukee, um, and then they round out their roster with guys like um, you know Bobby Portis, DJ Augustine, Torrey Craig, just solid guys that you can build with along with a, a, an all-star like Drew Holiday. And so they put their money where their mouth is. They have five more years with Giannis to, to try to win a championship. One of the very best insiders in the sports game, period. Sham Sharania joining us here on Tim and Sid. Listen, most folks understand uh, that this was the Raptors' plan A after this offseason and leaving the max slot open for next year. What are you hearing on plan B for the Toronto Raptors? I, I don't know if, if, they, if there's a major target now you know, that you can kind of jump to. I think a lot of that has to be internally because of Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananubi, uh, their development in terms of getting better. There's not a quick fix right now. Um, you know, as far as the trade market, uh, I, I don't believe they're on the, in, in, the, in contender for a guy like James Harden. And, you know, Brad Beal seems content in, in Washington. So there's not a you know, like this is the guy we're going to target now. So um, unless, you know, of course there's always going to be stuff that develops in free agency and, um, I, you know, but, but I don't, I don't view them as a, as, as a team that's going to be super aggressive and trying to find, you know, that, that next star, at least not now, because they're just, as far as trade viability, uh, there's just not that guy out there. But again, Masai, uh, Bobby Webster, they have a, a, a long reputation of just being super aggressive and, and super creative on the trade market, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to find something that I might not be looking at right now. Well, Bobby Webster and Masai also have deals that are coming up. Um, what are you hearing, Shams? You are the guy to ask. Uh, is there any scuttlebutt there? Are you, are you catching whispers of things about where where those Raptor contractual situations? Oh, just a little bit. Just a little bit, Shams, <laughs> as you might expect. What are you hearing on that front? Yeah, you know, when when I was in the bubble, the the thought was that all three, you know, obviously Nick Nurse got his extension, Bobby Webster, um, you know, it sounds like his deal is close, and 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 Masai would would ultimately go back as well. Um, that was the talk when I was in the bubble, um, but I I haven't, I'm I, I'm not sure where the Masai conversation are at right now. I saw what he said the other day in terms of it, um, you know, him not being being discussing all that. But listen, like he's got a year left on his deal. Uh, there's, there's obviously going to be a contract there for him to sign if he wants to do it. Um, I, I would expect Bobby Webster uh, to be formalized here soon. But um, listen, you know, Masai usually has has a contract in, in Toronto whenever he wants to sign it, as ownership has made clear time and time again. And so um, I think the expectation around the league is that 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 eventually gets done. But again, this is, these things can can be processes, especially in a time like this. So things are so fluid, things are so up in the air with stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with basketball with the pandemic. Right. Uh, Sean Schreiner joining us here on Tim and Sid. It, let's, let's move on to James Harden because those, those pitchers that hit the web during the warm-ups yesterday weren't exactly flattering. Add that with the trade request. Add that to little baby's birthday and the strip joint. And we're hearing things kind of sort of uh, seep out of the woodwork now. Private jets, off-day partying. What's the feeling around the NBA about James Harden right now? Uh, I think that it's clear that, that he wants to trade and, and he wants to go to a contending team. Some of the teams that I've reported on being Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, 
Miami, um, and, you know, they, they just have not gotten to the point where there's a, a deal on the table that makes sense for that franchise. And, um, you know, more and more, like, if you're Rafael Stone, the GM of the, Rap, of, of the Rockets, um, and, that, and that front office and that ownership group, you want to go get a guy, a young star that, that helps you. And whether that's a guy like Ben Simmons or a guy like Tyler Hero or, you know, looking around the league trying to find a young blue chip talent, I think, along with a, a bunch of draft picks, would, would have to be the goal in a trade for James Harden. So they clearly have not found that package yet, which is why James Harden's still on the roster. Um, and in the meantime, I do expect him to be professional and play in these games. He, he played last night. They'll continue to play as long as he's on this roster, um, and and they're gonna have to find a trade. I I, I do think you know the, the photo that you're referring to, like it looked like he had some layers on. I I saw him playing the game. He looked like James Harden. Um, but listen, like the the traveling, that's that's James Harden. That's how people within that franchise, that organization, people on the league uh, know him to be. And uh, at the end of the day, he comes back and, and drops fifty point triple doubles, forty point triple doubles. So. <laughs> I guess I guess you live with it, right? And I was just wondering if it if it because it feel, to me from the outside looking in, Shams, I'm going to be honest. It feels like it's a stare down between Philly and Houston based on Ben Simmons being included in the deal, and and maybe that's just me. But I wonder if if the stock isn't being hurt uh, by these stories about James Harden, or you're telling me the NBA already knew all that. I, I think people around the league did know, um, yeah. but at, at the end of the day, I uh, you know they they you know the, the, the Rockets need a blue chip star, right? And when you look at a team like Philly, you know it's not going to be Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Who, who else could it be? And for them, Ben Simmons you know represents a lot of the, the, the talent that they would want back. And as of right now, Daryl Morey has just not included uh, either of those two guys in any type of trade proposal. Right. Shams, do you think he's in the Eastern Conference before the season ends? Um, I mean that, that that's what it would it would appear to be, right? But uh, again, I, I wouldn't. You know, there, there's teams in the Western Conference that make some sense as well. Um, you know, Denver has always been uh, you know in the mix on star players for years now. They have assets and, and players on their team. They were in the mix for Drew Holiday as well. Uh, but clearly, when you look at the list of, of teams that James Harden want to be traded to, they're all Eastern Conference teams right now. Um, Shams, phenomenal stuff as always. We, we, uh, you're a busy dude. We do appreciate the time, especially this time of year, and uh, and you got a lot of a lot of fans up here in Canada. I'll tell you that. So we appreciate you jumping on. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, there is Sham Sharani of the Athletic, uh, and you can see if you uh, if you follow him uh, that inside look at how it all went down. Pretty interesting. Uh, it would be, it would be very uh, Houston if, in the end, it was Michael Porter Jr. who went back as a part of the deal with Denver. Just another guy who likes to shoot and doesn't really like to play defense. <laughs> I mean, I maybe know. that's me. But... That's a sexy piece, though, Michael Porter Jr. I don't know. Well, I, I got know. a lot. Of t- I got a lot. Of, I know you. You like him too. I, you're not ripping him, but uh, it would well, kind I am. of fit. No, I am. Well, but it would. I... I know what you're saying. It would fit in terms of that kind of style, but. I like me some Michael Porter Jr., but I know what you're saying. Um, if he ever learns to play defense, Michael Porter Jr. is a really good player, but he seems to not want to play defense. He's young. He's young. Like we like you can you can you like the switch can go in this league. We've seen it. We've seen yep. it. It's you know I'm not saying he's going to be all like second team all NBA defense, but you know maybe it'll happen for him one day. 
You know, Tim, a guest is good when his phone line sucks, <laughs> and neither I of us care. For that. Like we, we no, but but I saw the tweets coming in. You're not wrong. Everyone listening and watching, like we apologize. He's so interesting to us. He's so good at his damn job. Because normally what will happen, look, I'll pull the curtain back. There'll be some texts flying around the Tim and Sid crew here. It's like, is it that bad a connection? Do we try again? Do we reconnect? Is it, ah, what do we do? Crickets. No one said anything because Sham Sharani is on the line. And when Shams is on, you listen. So that, that lets you know the quality of guest that he is, that yeah. I didn't flinch. And I don't want to speak for Tim, but I don't think he flinched either. So we, we appreciate him coming on. Um, do you do you think this is getting done before the season starts next Tuesday, the Harden deal? I'm not convinced. I'm surprised we're at this point. I'm I'm really surprised we're at this point. I think for the good of Houston, they probably should move on. But I think you end up playing it the way Masai Ujiri did when he was in Denver and was trading Carmelo Anthony, and that was make the star wait a little bit, field every offer you can possibly get, and then pull the trigger. And I, and I think the important thing is too, if you're if you're Raphael Stone in Houston, what, every team you're dealing with right now is is 500. They're perfect, right? They haven't lost a game. Everyone's feeling good about themselves. They don't feel like they need to move assets. They don't feel like they have to do anything drastic to bring in Harden. Let someone get off to that two and nine start. Let someone come out of the gates tripping all over themselves. The panic level goes up. Maybe the offers change. I think I think that might be the play for a first-year head coach in this league and a first-year GM in this league who've been saddled with this thing, and it's just an incredible situation to be in. It's crazy. What's the name of that first-year GM again? Raphael Stone. Hey, Raphael, you stuck between a rock and a hard place? I know. Hopefully a team can come along and give you a release with good assets <laughs> and a trade. That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm, I'm just talking about assets, picks, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Assets. You're an asset. All right. Uh, time for huge break. asset. Huge asset. <laughs> when we Massive come back. Asset. When we come back. Uh, when are we going to hear news about the NHL? I got an idea of why we're not hearing news about okay. the NHL. It's right. not very sexy, but we'll give it to you. Sorry. And Elliot Friedman, Jeff Passan, still to come on this Whoa. Insider Edition. News about the NHL not coming back. Mmm. Hub this. Hello, friends. Tim and Sid. I'm Tim McAlfee, Sid Sixero from the basements. Realized uh, 40 minutes into the show that I was still wearing the gator that I wore because it's pretty cold today in Toronto for walking the dog. Did you notice, Sixero, that I had the gear no, around my not, neck? Not until you pulled it up during the break and we can see each other during the break did mm -hmm. I notice. But I am we can't noticing talk to like each other, but we can't as, see each other. As the weather's getting colder, Tim, I may just make masks a thing I do because my face has never been warmer. Like I'm getting actual real protection. <laughs> Tim's got a do-rag going on right. <laughs> like that I should just, just look more often. Tim's just uh, Tim. Remember the lady? She passed away recently, and I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but you do. Remember the the halftime act at NBA games where the woman would change like instantaneously, like she'd be wearing one thing, and the husband would like have a hoop, and like yeah. would bring it up. I, do you remember that lady? I do know she what was you're unbelievable. About, 
She was unbelievable. And you, you kind of remind me of that now. You're just changing looks constantly left and right here. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah, that's, I, I, I took a long way to get there, but that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> this was compare you to the lady, rest in peace, who changed quickly in NBA games. What a, yeah, quite an act. That's my wave what a great cap, act. Six arrows. I'm, I'm sorry, wave cap. cap now, I'm know, sorry, wave keep, cap. Keep it wavy. Looks good, man. It looks good. You rock hats better than I rock hats. I got all this hair I got to worry about. Right. You don't. You look good. You look good. Uh, I told you before the break that, listen, I've heard a lot of whining about why the NHL isn't done. Some of it from my co-host. And there's a lot of bleep that they've got to get through. And I don't think people are paying enough attention to the bleep if they're going to whine. Like, I get it. You just want your NHL hockey back. Um, but I started writing down things. It's like quarantines for players, roster sizes, taxi squads, what the taxi squad gets paid. Does that count against the cap? If the pe- player gets paid a lot, I don't know. <clears throat> Erickson, can you keep them on the taxi squad to get around the cap? Are you allowed to have fans? Are those fans allowed to be in Canada? What's the travel plans like? They still have hubs in the mix. Can they play in California? Like, there's a lot going on here, right? Like, we all understand that. Yeah, my frustration is I believe 98% of what you just said was also an issue with the NBA. So aside from the border, what's the difference and what's the holdup? Seems like one attacked it with, with, with much more ferocity than the other is my main complaint. It just seems like a lot of cramming. Roster here. sizes and taxi squads aren't the same in the NBA, and you know that. Correct. Not but even you close. still have a discussion over over numbers. There was still discussion over salary. There was still discussion over re- no, arena. No, no, I'm talking about like think about think about think about getting around the cap by using a taxi squad because you know there's more players on the team, which means you're more likely to lose players right. to COVID if you're traveling. Like there is there are significant differences between the NBA and the NHL when it comes to roster construction. Right, but I but from what how I read it and how it's been reported, those taxi squad guys are getting AHL salaries anyway. So it would really be no difference in calling up a guy from the AHL, whether the, you actually call them up from a Canadian AHL team or from your taxi squad. Like I, that, that's how I read that. I didn't I didn't I didn't realize it was that big of an issue. So but think about so think about this. You could put a large salary guy on your taxi squad and just pay him he's not on the cap, oh, you'd, but he's practicing you'd have to with talk the that team out. and yeah, yeah, you'd have to talk that like, out for sure. There's for sure. There, there's still a lot of things that I think they're going through and I saved the best to last. There's no way that they're waiting for the vaccine and well, trying to figure out because here, here's where we're at. You wait a couple months, and it sounds like that vaccine will have hit. And I, I saw a note from Roger Goodell today saying they're going to try and get health care workers to the Super Bowl, the ones who have been vaccinated so they can watch the Super Bowl. It sounds like a great plan and good PR and, and a feel-good story. But it got me thinking about all of the things that, Major League Sports might be looking at as they move forward, and the NBA just set their plan out and went. There we go. Well, the NBA, yeah. like the that the NBA's plan tells you exactly what the Christmas schedule means to everybody. Because <laughs> if that didn't exist, they would have waited till Martin Luther King Day in January. They would have like it would it would have been a no brainer. They would have been the the National Hockey League. But the money they make on that day is insane. The money ABC makes on that day 
is insane. So yeah. they rushed to get it done, and I commend them for it because they had a, those well, weren't simple issues they were dealing with either, but they got it done. Now, to your point, though, it's funny you bring that up, Tim, because Bob Nightingale, we didn't get to it yesterday because of Giannis, but Bob Nightingale of USA Today yesterday says he's had multiple owners tell him they would prefer to wait to start the baseball season till May and have more herd immunity with the vaccine in play, have fans way more than the, what was it, 11,000 down in, in Arlington for the end of that, uh, end of that yep. World Series, whatever it was. And obviously the players don't want to do that because that's more money lost for them. But, uh, but more than one owner told Bob Nightingale basically where you're going in terms of the NHL. Wait a little bit. Owners save money. Plus, they get the fans coming back in. It's a win-win, and I understand it. So it's, I, I, I don't think it's a crazy concept at all. The players won't like it, but if I'm an owner, I like it. I, I really like it. Jeff writes in and says, Tim reminds me of someone, and then provides the gif of Michael Scott wearing the do-rag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prison Mike. I'm prison Mike. And they didn't catch me, neither. Well, how are you in prison? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Freeman, Jeff Passon, next. It's time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Final hour, too sweet to be sour. Timothy and Sydney working from the basements. Elliot Friedman, Jeff Passan, not sure where they are, but they'll be joining us. Insider Wednesday, we're calling it, as Sham Strania has also joined us in the first hour. If you missed it, go get it where you get he your was great. podcasts. He was yeah? great. Yeah. Despite the phone lines, we've got to send him one. Yep. From Rogers. You think he's earned it? Enough, enough scoops? How many scoops do you need if you're Shams to get, like, a clean line? I think... I think it doesn't matter where you are. Like, listen, if you're in a bad area, if this guy decided to go down to the basement where we are, I don't know if he lives in an area where there are basements, but whatever. If he went to a bad area where there's no reception, there's no reception, man. Just all you can do. Or may, or maybe he just kept the phone where he got his first scoop just out of superstition, and he's walking like around with a blackberry. Phone? He's got a blackberry bowl or something. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. doesn't want to. He, he doesn't want to leave it. That's his first scoop. He's at, well, he likes a keyboard, but like that's the lucky phone. So maybe that's going on here. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I had someone uh, during the break say that they thought I was wearing a snood, which I believe is the uh, the snob, the soccer snobs way of saying a gator. A sn- I don't a know. Snooty a, way. A snooty yeah. way of saying it. Yeah. They're basically the same thing. A gator. Or a snood, and now that we're in pandemic times, I love them because you can just wear them around your neck, and then when you need to go in somewhere, you just pull it up, and you pull it back down, and you pull it up, and you pull it back down. But uh, it got me to thinking, like, are you the guy, if you're an offensive lineman in football or a soccer player in the cold, that you wear the gloves and the long sleeve shirt or do you just go like, this doesn't bother me at all. I'm the no, tough guy, and I'm not putting sleeves on despite the fact that it's minus 20 out here. I think you, I think, I think you need to look at it from the perspective of the person. Like, if you, like Tim, you play, you play more football than me. Offensive linemen are their own fraternity, right? Like, they kind of just answer to each other. So it's a strange, beautiful, unique group of athletes. 
Mm-hmm. If one, you don't want to be the guy who looks not as tough in the group, right? Even on the cold days, you don't want to be, you don't want to be that person. And it, it's it's like being an athletic trainer in NCAA Division One football on cold days. Now, if you want to trend, you got to take your shirt off in a snowstorm and pump the guys up. Like that's what you want. And if you're a soccer player in England, I got news for you. If you're the one out there with gloves, it's not a good look. Because you got you got people who are looking at each other, going like on Boxing Day, going, "This is normal weather for us. What, what's this guy doing? This guy we just signed from Germany last year. <laughs> Can't take it. Are you kidding me? You will get frowned upon for that kind of stuff. This, so me, to me, me personally, I'd stay warm, but I get it. Is my point. I get it. This to me though is you're not confident enough in yourself that you're somehow less tough if you put sleeves on when it's minus thirty out. It like, depends no, on the peer pressure. It depends you're just on the peer staying pressure. warm, and I know in England. It is frowned upon because there is a toughness to lasting through the winter, which really isn't that bad in England. But there, ah, you lasted through the winter and you didn't have to put on the gloves or the long sleeve. Just stay warm. That's ridiculous. Uh, Just in the last segment, uh, Tim did attempt to stay warm, uh, raising his gaiter to his head. It looked like he was wearing a bandana. And someone tweeted into the show, that he looked like Prison Mike from The Office, the legendary <laughs> uh, Steve Carell character who was uh, trying to convince The Office that being at work wasn't as good as being in prison. Right. And it is, Tim, the, the, the similarities here are striking as Prison Mike tried, like, he tried really hard to convince his crew that Dunder Mifflin was not as bad as prison. Tim is just talking, we're just talking hockey, I believe is what we're talking about in this moment. Tim, I see it a little bit. I see a little Steve Carell. He's got more. He's like a bigger nose than you. He's got bigger ears. He's got bigger everything, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. But like, there, I, I could see, I could see the prison Mike similarities. I think it was a good catch by the Tim and Citizen. Do you do you disagree with the, with the comparison? No, I I, I don't disagree. Uh, it is similar, uh, and I I too am like prison Mike. <laughs> <laughs> is is the uh, let me ask you this? In its prime, and I don't care if you like uh, English or American version of The Office because I think mm-hmm. they're both brilliant. Is The Office the greatest show of all time? Is The Office the greatest sitcom Hold on. of all time? Comedy. Are you saying comedy of all time? Sitcom. Yeah, comedy. Sitcom. Okay. Sitcoms are comedies, are they not? Yeah, because the two greatest shows of all time are Game of Thrones and The Sopranos. And I don't want to hear it, Twitter. Don't even, don't even start with me on that. The greatest comedy of all time, in my opinion, is The Office American version. Because it wasn't supposed to last. That thing was going to get axed by NBC at every single turn. And the second the video iPod came out and people and kids started to actually stream it, which is why it's number one on Netflix right now, like it just became this cult following. It was supposed to die over and over again. And it lasted because it was brilliant and had a cult following. And now I'm walking, I'm at my brother's place like last year. My nieces and nephews are watching The Office just because they feel like family. All right, sorry, quiet. I feel passionately about the office. Be quiet. I've lit a match, and this is going to be a fire very quickly. Elliot Friedman joins us on this Insider Wednesday here on Tim and Sid. Elliot Friedman, the greatest sitcom of all time is? Oh, man, what a question. Uh, I would probably go with Cheers. Softball. Cheers. Norm. Was Elliot Friedman at Skydome for the final viewing of Cheers? Were you, were <laughs> no, you in the crowd for that? that yes. No, 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 I was not. But I will tell you, Sid, I was listening to your rant there. My wife is a huge Office fan. I'm looking right now at the uh, 
by Andy Green, the untold story of the greatest sitcom of the 2000s. I bought her that. Uh, it's the oral history of The Office, and she listens to the podcast with uh, great. Jen- Jenna Fisher, and I can't remember the name of the other the, uh, actor. The, the, the one... Yeah, Angela. Also, Kevin from The Office has another podcast. It's better than Office Ladies. It's better. Really? It's called An Oral History of The Office. He has everyone interviewed. The production's phenomenal. I'm not getting a cent for this. I don't care. It was really good. So, uh, so I would suggest that as well. It's it's a quick. I would great I would listen. say that he's also a cameo billionaire, as we found out this week. So this guy is Brian Baumgartner. Yeah. I guess his name yes, is. He Brian is hugely. Yes. He is hugely successful, but I I would go for Cheers, although um, uh, that's a a tough question. You know, I almost need to have to prepare for this. I can do a homework assignment in advance to really. uh, Elliot, I feel like like the easier question was what's happening right now in negotiation? (laughs) Like I felt Tim hit you with like the tougher of the two questions. Like I, that's, that's just shocking. I'm sweating now. Is there some deodorant around? I can go upstairs. <laughs> Sam, what's shaking, Norm? Norm, all four cheeks and a couple of chins. I think we all know that. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Uh, it's a doggy dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. That was one of my favorite ones. Too. How's it going, Mr. Peterson? It's a doggy dog world out there, Woody, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. <laughs> what was Woody Harrelson not the guy who got the biggest push after that? Like he was probably um, the guy, right? He did. He did like that. He did more like, with it. He he yeah. did more with it. But oh, and Fraser Fraser was hugely successful. Fraser was hugely successful. Fraser was Great hugely success. successful. That's also yeah. an under like for I, I think I don't know how many people like our generation watched it. It was it was I think a lot. It was skewed older, but it's a brilliant sitcom. And Agreed. you know, to be honest, if you think about it, Ted Danson, he had he's had a hell of a career. Because did he not also have those Curb cameos yes. that were yes. really good? He, yeah, he like, is brilliant on Kirby. I mean, he was on CSI. Um, what was that show, Becker, which I never watched. But <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> if you, you think about paid. it, he's he was had a hell paid. of a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has. But the Curb yeah. stuff is is the best. Like, that stuff is hilarious. Did you go through every season? Like, I heard, I hit three seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Larry David is a master. I don't want yeah. to get it skewed. I, I like get it confused. He is a master. I, I felt like I started watching the same episode over and over at that point. I felt like I was but watching the, the same thing. He's the only person who could pull it off. I, I, okay, I hear yes. you. No, I hear I'm you. Not a, I'm not a I huge fan. I'm not a huge fan. And people are yelling for us to bring up Seinfeld. Like, we know Seinfeld yeah, is I know. very, very good. We know that's one that's in the mix. Stop yelling at us. We understand it. Um, Curb. I like I'm not a fan, but I laugh out loud at Curb. Like I find Larry David's character and I find George almost too annoying to to stomach, and yet I laugh more at Larry David's character than I did at George. Like George well, almost I, turned I me off the show. La- I look at Larry David's character and he's one of the few people I ever look at in television. But I say, I, I really wish I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are you mean like just in the day-to-day life situations the show puts him in or, or his idea to do 
this type of show well, where they I, just ad lib twice and take the best of the two and put oh. it in the show. Oh, well, ad lib, like I'm like that. I don't like doing any, like the people I work with, like I don't like doing any scripting. It used to drive PJ crazy. He used to like doing, okay, this is what this person's going to say. This No, I don't want to do any of that. I, I don't want to know and let's just go on air. But no, like for example, you know, the episode where he gets his parking tickets uh, paid for because he tell he get, he tells the lawyer's wife how annoying it is that she sends that she says the words LOL. Like I would look at that and say, <laughs> I wish I thought of that and I did that. Do you remember uh, the story of how he got a guy off murder charges based on the Chavez Ravine Dodger Stadium episode? Did you ever see yes. that? Yes. Yes. That is ins- that's still one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Just well, insane. Check out the doc. I'm not going to get into it any further, but like just w- w- just amazing. Just the Larry David story in a lot of ways. Just. Unbelievable. There would be one episode a year, Sid, where you, you'd be like, who thinks of this and how brilliant is it? Yeah. Uh, lots lots of votes for MASH. Uh, Fresh Prince well, of Bel-Air. Yeah. Fresh Prince how of I, Bel-Air was excellent. You know, Fresh I Met Prince, Your Mother. Like, it, it's a tough one to say now for obvious reasons, but, you know, the Cosby show was one of the all-time greatest shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't bring, yeah, can't really bring it up like that, but at the time it was. It was mm-hmm. and, and how many careers did it start? Just ground, mm-hmm. It was groundbreaking at the time. And no shows. Uh, Daryl writes in and says, no. Taxi? No, I was never nope. a taxi guy. Never oh, a taxi guy. Taxi's a now, great show. Now, that's a show that developed some talent, too. I'll, I'll yes. respect Taxi for that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just couldn't. I don't know. I couldn't get it. I thought Facts uh, of Life was better. We'll get to a bunch Facts of other ones. Facts of Life was a good show. I liked it. Take, Speaking good, of, take Daryl says, what by about- the way, my wife is a huge Seinfeld person. But she is not one of the only people who feels that after Larry David left that show, it was never the same. Wait a second. Larry David left the show? Yeah, he, he stopped at the last couple seasons. Really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay. That's why I kind of sucked and I stopped watching, too. All right. Makes sense. <laughs> I didn't realize why I stopped watching. Uh, no love for Three's Company is what Daryl said. Which is a lot of love for Three's Company. A lot of love for Three's Company. Great show. It was offside in numerous ways, but at the yeah. time I watched Three's Company. Great characters. Great show. You know what right. there's a lot of love for I see online too, and I'm not a fan, but I know there's a lot of people who like ferociously fight for it. Is Golden Girls. Oh man, that was that was a salty show. I kinda liked it. I kinda liked it. Blanche had a lot of life in her, you know. What was <laughs> say that? What was say the, that thing for Blanche? Don't be, don't, don't. Lie. I had a thing for Blanche. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'm 15. Whatever. Who Sorry. cares? We're yeah. learning about ourselves. Whatever. I yeah. like Blanche. And, and when now, I was I, I, boy, I'm really going down the rabbit hole here now. WKRP in Cincinnati was one of my favorites. Like Every uh, year, you can set a watch to it. Fridge tweets about the turkey episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it, it, NHL scoops all the time, and the WKRP turkey episode. That's 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 the, locks on the NFL draft. I tweet that video that ESPN did on the Jets draft blunders. Oh yes, yes, that's really. You don't good do too. the CFL draft on the Simpsons for the CFL. Never mind. I'm not going. <laughs> that's all right. fantastic. <laughs> uh, do we have I time left to, to talk hockey? Yeah, <laughs> I shut it. This is better. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I was trying to tell folks earlier in the show, like, there's a lot to sort out, and most of it's boring. 
uh, gave like the quarantines for players, the roster size, the taxi squad size, what the taxi mm-hmm. squads get paid. How does that count against the cap? Uh, yep. If a player gets paid a lot of money, can you keep them on the taxi squad just to get right. around the cap? Are we having fa- like what's the most interesting of the topics that they're sorting through to get us to what we hope is a decision by end of the week? Maybe. I don't know. Well, I, the thing is, like Sid and Tim, if it's not by end of the week, like, are, are we mm-hmm. going to be able to go on the 13th? Like, the, one of the things that someone was saying to me today is, is if you're not going to play exhibition games, how long does training camp really have to be? I'm sure the players would have a different answer than the owners. Mm-hmm. No, I, you know, I, I got news for you. I, I don't, I, I don't think that either one of them. Like, one player was telling me, like, they've all been skating and practicing. Hmm. Um, so they're just getting, they're just going stir crazy, and they just want to go. Is what you're telling? Yeah, they do. Like, there's no question uh-huh. that these guys want to play. Um, you know, I, I'm hearing max forty training camp. Um, if you're not going to have games, you know, and, and all these guys are training and practicing, like the same guy said to me, like if you're out of shape, like you're an idiot. Basically, is what he said <laughs> to me. Like right now, I mean, it's 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 December, like so. Um, you know, that's one question, I think, because they're, they're, if you just do the math, if you go to a place that's got a quarantine like Canada and you don't get any, any exemption for the 14-day quarantines, and I don't know if there's going to be one, um, I mean, there's going to be some quarantine at least. I think the question is going to be, I think they're going to ask, can, can the players just quarantine to the rink and where, back to wherever they're living? Will that be allowed after a certain point? I, I think everybody recognizes there's going to be uh, a private quarantine for uh, some period of time. But, you know, if you just do the math, guys, if we're, if we're not done by the end of the week, you know, teams aren't going to be reporting by the end of December. Elliot Friedman here on Tim and Sid. Um, which Canadian team, Freege, like, forgive me, like, I'm not asking for an accurate number, but like, okay. who's, who's, who's got the most Good, players still in Europe? For that, so that's <laughs> Neither am I. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you if something I couldn't deliver myself, which Canadian teams or teams have the most players still in Europe? Like, and would have the tougher time because, because a 14 day quarantine, I believe Freege for January 3rd starts today. Does it not? I, you know, I, I'd have to check because what's the, what's the day today? He's the 16th. No, that's no. That would be the 30th today. Yeah, like I said, it's, you have time. Yeah, you have time. <laughs> but, but not much. Like really, not much. No. Um, it's like look, World Juniors I, I, timeline. Yeah, basically. I don't. I don't know specifically in Europe, but I know that the Canadian teams with the fewest players in their market are Winnipeg and Montreal for obvious reasons. Can't practice. Like the, yeah. the, like the Leafs have had a lot of players here for a long time. Uh, Ottawa's got a lot of players there. Um, you know, Calgary, a bunch of their guys came in. Uh, Vancouver, it's kind of hit and miss a bit. Um, some of their guys uh, are like like Pedersen, for example. He stayed there the whole time. Um, some other guys still haven't gone in there yet. Um, you know, I I, I just. I think that the one team everyone's kind of wondering about in Canada is Montreal. Like, what's their situation going to be? And um, I, I think that you know some of the some of the you know today when the commissioner said in that uh, event that we might see hubs or hybrid hubs or something, 
I think a lot of the U.S. teams believe that that's a lot more necessary in Canada than it is in some of the U.S. Like in California, they could have a problem. We already know that San Jose does. But I think that some of the U.S. teams believe there's uh, more of a better chance of, hub, of a hub being in Canada than in the U.S. We'll see. We've heard of, uh, you know, rumors and, and insiders reporting that there are owners that didn't want to play. Is there any way, Elliot, that a gate-driven league, especially in the United States of America, and I know that fans have been talking about this a little bit, which is why I bring it up. Is there any yep. way that the league is waiting for vaccines to kick in and they'd be able to do a little bit more than they would be able to do if they waited a little bit longer, is that is that playing into this at all right now? I've done a lot of work on this, Tim, and there's there's a couple of factors here. Number one, if there was a huge willingness to play into the summer, I'd say yes, okay. But I don't think there's a huge willingness to play into the summer. For like now, do I think that some owners have suggested the possibility of playing into the summer? Yes, I do, and I know of at least one that did, um, but. I think that others, um, uh, I think they looked at the TV numbers from the summer last year. You know, are you going to play through the Olympics or are you going to say, okay, we're going to play up to the Olympics and then play in them and then take a break and then come back after? Like, does any of that make sense? So I think the issue is, like, I think there's some frustration about the fact that most of this year, if, if it gets played, will be played without fans and just as fans are going to be able to come back they're going to stop but i don't sense that there's an incredible willingness after what last year's tv numbers told them that they want to play in the summer and the other thing tim and i've said this before is i think most owners would rather have more games simply because you owe more money to your sponsors and, and fans in the less games you play right ellie friedman here on tim and sid Freach, have you have you Caught wind at all of how the discussion went regarding a player who did not want to get the vaccine? I do not. Um, I don't know that. I, I know that they're talking about whether or not it's going to be mandatory. And what that's, that's, a, that's a slippery slope. That's a slippery yeah. slope. Yeah. I mean, and I know, uh, like, you know, hey, like in life, um, it's a slippery slope, Sid. And, you know, as Jeff and I were saying on the podcast last week, if it's slippery slope in life, you know, it's, uh, sports is a microcosm of life, right? Yeah. Why would it be any different? Yep, I'm curious to see, like, I will say this, like, I, I've had a couple of guys tell me they're wondering if long-term for fans, when you go into an arena, are you going to be asked, okay, do you have a vaccination card? Yes. All right, go ahead. No. What's that going to mean? Yeah. Are you going to have to take I, a rapid test right there? You're going to have someone say you're infringing upon my rights is what you're going to get. Yeah, but no, I, I mean, I'm just telling you what you're going to get. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. Like, but, yeah. I, but people are wondering about all this. Like, what's it going to mean? Yeah, it's all legit. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, last one, and I want to ask it quickly because Jeff Passon's coming up, and I don't want to keep you too long because we already talked 20 minutes and basically most no of worries. us on sitcoms. It's uh, okay. Um, <laughs> loved every second of it, by the way. Loved yeah, every me second. Too. Me too. <laughs> uh, the Canadian division is fun to a lot of folks. Flip side is outside of Ottawa. I think all six teams and their fan bases really feel like they're a playoff team this year, and mm -hmm. some will be disappointed when they don't make it. 
How many teams are you hearing will make the playoffs from each division? And do we know this? Because there's going to be some pissed off fan bases. Well, we don't know the answer yet because I, I, I'm not, I don't know that they've said it yet. Mm-hmm. I was told a while ago this year was going to be simple. It was going to be top four. Um, but um, in the last couple of weeks, I've had some people say to me, some other ideas have been thrown out there, maybe not even for this year, but in the future. But nobody's saying if or did they get much traction. Right. So uh, like the last thing I really heard that someone said to me was most likely was top four for this year. And then and that would be it. And then kind of we'll see where we go. Uh, I'm curious to see what that's going to be, Tim, but I don't have anything solid. And, you know, the one thing I'll say about Ottawa is I agree with you. They're probably not a playoff team, but on paper they look a lot better. Like this is going to be a tough division. They're and it won't take a lot for that. Nice. It, it won't take a lot for that team to get a little confidence, right? Like no. a couple wins here and there. They're hungry. They, they know what people are saying. Um, so that'll be interesting. For each, uh, we know uh, big picture. We know they're talking. They're working hard. And thank you for not curbing our enthusiasm about the potential start for a season uh, <laughs> next year. I tried. It's not my, it's not my um, best. You know sorry. what? They're going to they're going to teach that interview close in, in broadcasting school, Sid. Like how you tied that all in together. No, as a well what done. not to do? Yes. As a what not to do? <laughs> I don't it was bad. It wasn't bad. It was pretty it wasn't good. Bad. Uh, pretty good. That was fun, Fridge. Take care, brother. All right, guys. Have a great night. One of our friends, Elliot Friedman, here on Tim and Sid. Coming up. I tried. I tried it myself. <laughs> you, you don't like friends? Uh, right, no, oh, uh, I don't think of it like that, though. I know what you did there, but I don't. Tyler don't does. Don't get me started on friends. Overrated. Overrated. Oh, Ross, I agree. And, uh, Ross and Rachel. Ross, what's going to happen? Who cares? D Dog, the Jeffersons. Brandon, community underrated Jefferson. sitcom. Yeah. Agreed. Community. Uh, very underrated. Yes. Right. Very underrated. Uh, we're going to take a break here. Not underrated. Jeff Passan, baseball insider for ESPN. He will join us next. What is his favorite sitcom of all time? And will the Jays be pawns just for other free agents to get other deals? Borrowing a phrase kind of from Kyrie Irving. That's next. This is Tim and Sid, live on TV and radio. No, I'm just, I, I won't, I'll phrase it nicer. I'd like to say we didn't start the fire, but we did. Uh, Marty writes in and says, Curb Your Enthusiasm is the greatest sitcom of all time. Nana writes in and says, Student Bodies, which was a little after my time, but I understand it. Frankie says, one of the most forgotten, underrated sitcom gems of all time, Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, never got into it like that. I never, I respect, uh, John, uh, is it Lithgow? It's John Lithgow, right? Yeah. Yep. He's great. Like, I love him. I just didn't like the show. I wasn't a fan of the show. Rafi says, Frasier, I feel the same way about that show as you just described, Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, Janali writes in and says, Perfect Strangers. Uh, Larry, you can't Won't pull Bulkyless. You can't pull bulk, bu- Bulky Bartokamus. Was that ba- his name? Bulky Bartokamus. Yeah, you can't pull that off in Canada. Because they're like, you're, that's Greek. Whatever you're doing here with Mepos is bullcrap. That's did you ever hear? Did you ever hear the story with Tom Cruise and Balky? No. Tom, they were friends. Tom Cruise begged him not to do that show because back then you did TV once, you stayed doing TV. He said, "I will pay you to not do this sitcom so you can go into movies." And he's like, "Tom, I know what I'm doing." 
Maybe Tom should have yelled at him. Maybe would have got the point across. So we've learned in the last 24 hours. But he, Balky Bartokamas became a thing, and uh, Spamanti Bambino. What was the guy's name again who played Balky? What was his name? I can't Bronson remember his actual Pichot. name. I can't believe I remember Spamanti. that, but not. Oh. I can't believe I called him Spamanti Bambino. <laughs> Jeff Passons, we, we wasted enough of Jeff Passons' time. Jeff, we made the mistake here of wandering into the greatest sitcom of all time debate, and it's, it's, a, it's a lovely mistake, but it's a mistake because it has hijacked so many things on this show. What is Jeff Passon of ESPN's greatest sitcom of all time? I'll allow two honorable mentions because what bothers me on Twitter is people are saying like nine shows. I don't care about your nine shows. Just give me your favorite. So, what, where would you go first with that, Mr. Passon? Uh, I would first go to Bronson Pinchot. I was sitting here. You guys didn't have me on air yet. I was screaming, his name is Bronson Pinchot! <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. We, sh- we should have known to let you down. Yeah, sure. we had the pod down too yeah. long. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's fine. Um, okay, so uh, honorable mention. Um, <laughs> my eight-year-old loves the simpsons and we have been watching quick plug disney plus has all the episodes of the simpsons we have been watching the simpsons from the beginning because he wants to watch all 300 episodes and it is so so good that like the the joke per minute ratio on the simpsons i would argue yeah. is probably better than uh than every other show out there was there a um, moment in the Simpsons rewatch with your with your with your young one where you you just kind of went oh I forgot about that line and that line was a oh, little too adult for my, my maybe my no, kid no, there's so, a lot of that so many so many of them <laughs> um, but my my favorite was the episode where uh, Homer and Barney are trying to uh, compete to become like the the astronaut who is you know just the average joe astronaut and barney gets into spectacular shape and they celebrate <laughs> as he gets picked with with a bottle of champagne and barney takes one sip and then he takes two sips and on the third sip he goes it begins and he runs over to a jetpack his hair gets all messed up he runs over to a jetpack and he's got this grin on his face and he goes and he goes flying in the air and he bounces off of a, a pillow factory roof and gets run over by a marshmallow truck the whole Hold thing on. is so so perfect and then oh. it just goes back to the scientists and they say I don't understand it was not alcohol champagne <laughs> Hold on. Hold on a second here. Hold on. We've heard your Elmo before. Is is did my I Barney's, hear my Barney's my Barney's, my Barney's good. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, good I, I want to stop on the good. Barney for a second because my favorite Barney line of all time was, Hey, Joey Joe Joe Joe, come back. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. It's obviously a made up name, Homer. And then the guy runs out of the bar and, and so hold on. Give me give me your best Barney. Please, just briefly, Jeff. We love you. Please. Oh, I, I, see, the thing is that, like, I've been practicing the trial a lot to do lately because it's so. What do you want me to say, and Barney? I'm Give just us saying, the latest your on best. The, Give us your best. What's the What's the latest on the Jays? <laughs> oh, Homer, they're they're gonna sign everyone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Judge, Judge Springer, 
Francisco and Dar. Awesome kid, everyone. What's best is it's true, too. Give him a hard Tim. Give him something for that. Give him a little something for that. Okay, okay, so so very quickly so we can get on to baseball. Uh, Seinfeld is my other runner-up. And Curb Your Enthusiasm, to me, is like the clear, clear runaway winner. Um, I would would argue that uh, there was a a three-episode run toward the end of season three. I think it was the last three episodes. Crazy Eyes Killer, um, Mary Joseph and Larry, and the grand opening is the greatest three-run, three-episode run of any television show in history. Wow, that's a big statement. I'm I'm gonna showed, do it because I, sh- I showed my 13 year old. I showed my 13 year old the grand opening a few days ago, and I don't know if you guys are curb guys or or remember that episode, but it was the one with the restaurant uh, opening and the restaurant critic with the thumbs and uh, the the <laughs> just there. There's so many good things that happen in the end. The car wash scene. And and when Susie comes in and delivers the car wash line, my kid finally just lost it and started crying. And I knew, <laughs> I knew I had done my job that day when I had my kid crying at a TV show. That's awesome. I'm I'm a, I was an anti curb guy. I'm not gonna lie. Ooh. And then I started watching during the pandemic, and I've been won over by Larry. I used to just get so annoyed with Larry David's character that I I didn't want to watch it. And yeah, I've been one over. He's a dreadful over, so. human being. Yeah. He's a dreadful <laughs> human being. I understand that. Right. Uh, all right. Jeff, so go ahead, Timmy. Go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, Jeff uh, Passion Jeff, here. Go ahead, please. Go you ahead. Do, go no, pandemic, Nine months in a basement. basement we still can't figure this ahead. out on the delay. I was, I was going to say, clean it up, you two. Good Lord. I know. We'll get, we'll get there. No, honestly, I'm, I'm backing off the mic, Mikhail. Go ahead. I'm backing off. All right. Jeff Passon here on Tim and Sid. It's not like we're working from our basements. <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> are you surprised that the signings haven't come close to the rumors yet? Uh, no, and and here's why I'm not. It's it's really interesting. The the way someone put it a few days ago is that the Blue Jays have been extremely aggressive and uh, want to sign people, and uh, the players are are getting that sense from the Blue Jays and going and shopping around before that. And and this is this is nothing new, guys. You know. Playing in Toronto for for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the demographics of the the players in baseball. I don't know if it's something as silly as the travel back and forth, which whatever. Uh, playing in Toronto uh, has been a hard sell for baseball players for a really long time, uh, and, and I think that's exacerbated by the fact that they don't know where they're going to be this upcoming year. Like that's a that's an issue, and that's yep. an understandable one, but. In the end, if the Jays are offering more money than anyone else, players are going to go sign there. That's just the long and the short of it. And I think that they have money. I think that they have the motivation. And I think when it is all said and done and games are starting in May or whenever they start, 
this is going to be a really, really good team. Jeff Passon here on Tim and Sid. Um, and just to, to to let people know again what happened over the weekend in New York, and I still I don't even think it's official yet. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff. Uh, the James McCann signing at New York uh, catcher ten years, sorry ten years, uh, forty million dollars. Nice. Every ten be years, nice. that'd be nice. But he got forty million. Um, the fact that the Mets didn't get JT Real Muto here, Jeff, what did that do to the rest of the market? Like what? And and, and including the Jays and everyone else in that, because the theory is they spend money on Real Muto, that real money on Real Muto, and it takes the Mets in theory out of a lot. Do you? But with McCann. Like, did that make everyone equally nervous? I, I think that your, your point here is well taken. I think the idea that they were going to go out and sign Springer and sign Real Muto and sign Bauer was never particularly realistic. I don't know if it's particularly realistic, honestly, to see them signing two of those guys. Um, wow. It just It just feels like... They're matching up with Bauer better than anyone. I know Springer has been linked there. I've linked Springer there to, uh, for some reason, I'm just getting a feeling that Springer and the Blue Jays make sense. Wow. I think there's desire. I think there is desire there on both sides. Now that can change. That that can change with one phone call, and I don't think guys that this is going to be done anytime soon let's let's consider something here right let's look at the state of baseball right now the state of baseball is completely overwhelmed by by one overriding emotion and that is uncertainty and there's nothing that business people hate more than uncertainty if all of a sudden there is a plan in place in january or in even February, that gives owners a better feeling about their financial situation and gives them more certainty going forward, don't you think they're going to be more inclined to go out and spend then? That is what logically would seem to make sense, that with certainty will come money. And so I think that there are some players out there who are saying, let's ride this wave of uncertainty and let the owners figure out where their finances are, and then see what the market looks like. Because right now, the market is not particularly robust outside of Toronto and New York. And so if the Blue Jays want to close a deal, getting it done sooner than later is the optimal route for them because you may invite bidders back into things the longer you wait. Yeah, I think this is smart from the Jays to be so aggressive so early. Yep. And hopefully yep. someone gets anxious here. As we all we always see baseball players get anxious. We always see every sport. Uh-huh. A few players get anxious and say, I better take my money and go. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, and, and I don't think that's an unreasonable thing. Like, if you, if you have the money and you have the desire to get particular guys, go get them. Like, go go and win them. And, and that's why... You know, that's why the Jays, I think, if if there's a betting favorite for Lindor, it's Toronto right now. I I think it's because the Jays have motivation, they have desire, and they have means. And and when you combine those three things, uh, it's an awfully compelling package to go out and get a guy. So so this isn't... This isn't baloney. Like, there's a lot of fatigue in Toronto and in Canada for the Jays are in on blank. 
no, it's not. It's it's not. It's real. And and here's here's the thing. I don't I don't want to heighten expectations to the point where if things don't happen, there's disappointment. There has to be the recognition that this is a market, and that markets are are not always reasonable, and that markets are not always rational, and that all it takes is a billionaire with a flight of fancy to go and do something that completely screws up the Jays' plans, right? I mean, these are mm-hmm. all billionaires who own these teams. And I, listen, I heard today about an owner who went to a general manager and said, we need to sign someone. Get it done. He didn't say who. He didn't say what. He was just feeling a little twitchy. And, and that kind of stuff really happens guys and so if someone's feeling twitchy with george springer and wants to drop 125 million plus hey you may see that happen someone's feeling that way with bauer with rio muto someone's feeling that way with lindor those are all possibilities and you can't discount the fact that one out of the other 29 is going to have a feeling like that at some point over the next month i'm surprised hal steinbrenner would say that <laughs> it's, you know, it's 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 funny. Hal is so not like his dad. I mean, so not like his dad. I'm not saying that he's like the total opposite, but it's pretty close, just in terms of how he runs his team. It, it is nothing like his father did. Um, Jeff, in 30 seconds, while we let you go, what was the better Simpsons episode, Monorail? Or the ironic hell treatment that Homer had where he kept eating all the donuts and someone said James Coco went bad in 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with monorail um, over pretty much every... It's a solid, yeah. It's that kind of episode. That, yeah. It's a great point. I it's mean, point. I, 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 feel like, I feel like the uh, Cape Fear is, oh, yeah. is pretty yeah. close. I mean, there are some, like, there are just so many good ones. Like, it's, yeah. it's just such a spectacular show. And the fact that they've been doing it for 30 years and still are funny as hell, like, uh, the, the longevity is the best part. Uh, I watch with my eight-year-old, too, and there's a few times where I'm like, eh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm not such a good dad. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I will tell you what. Uh, when my eight-year-old looked at me watching a Simpsons episode, I swear to God this happened and said, Dad, what's a prostitute? I was like, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> yep. Yep. Time for dinner. <laughs> Time for dinner. <laughs> Let's go eat, kids. Let's go eat. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, always fun, man, no matter what we're talking about. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Boys, pleasure's mine. Be well, and if we don't talk between now and then, uh, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, uh, and a festive Kwanzaa to everyone out there. Right yes, back at you, you too. Thanks, Jeff. You too. Thank you. There is uh, Jeffrey Passan, one of the very best insiders, no matter what sport. And you could have said that about all three of our guests today, which was fun because we did the inside stuff and we also had some fun. I feel like this is like Tim and Sid at its best. That was some weaving. Yeah. And I'm here for it. That was some weaving in that. Me too. Because we got, we got to some nuts and bolts. Well, I mean, we didn't joke as much with Shams because I don't think we know him like that. But, and the phone line wasn't that strong. So I, I don't think we could have pulled it off anyway if we tried. Right. But that was fun. That was good. I know I'm becoming an elder statesman, Sixero, but does does I've also seen the Dan Snyder, the Artie Moreno walk in, waving cash in his hand like a crazy man. Like, is Steve Cohen going to get tired? Like, I know it's a wonderful story. 
When we come back, just tell me whether or not this is going to be a little whoa, don- whoa donkey on Steve Cohen and the Mets, and maybe the Jays can walk through that. He just said the Jays are the favorite to sign George Springer. We got like, that. That, that. He that, just said that's, that. That's so going to go in Central tonight. Yeah, So going to go in Central tonight. <laughs> All right, we'll take For the break. Sure. We'll come back. We'll discuss that. And uh, some pretty significant soccer news today. Tim and Sid, next. All right, let's just wrap up this greatest. Do you want to wrap up the show with the greatest sitcoms, or do you want to do that now? Let's do it I'll now. Let you be the. You want to do it let's now? Do it now. Right? Well, let's do Jim, it. Yeah. Jim says I got to stick with our Canadian boys. Leonard Kenny is the best. Uh, oh, Letter Kenny in English. I I, it's a good show. I just I'm the best. Uh, Sean Dollywall writes in and says, Trailer Park Boys. Like, I've laughed really hard at both of them. I don't know if they're the best sitcoms of all time, but I what have laughed. What he said. Yeah, what I've laughed said. out. Uh, Alex, listen, there was a time. Some, I don't know if we just went, like, 10 episodes would change it for me. Like, if you just said best 10 episodes, it might change it for me. And Parks and Rec's 10 best episodes were really good. I, I've tried for a while. It just I just haven't got around to it because I mean Amy Poehler's great. Sorry, I'm thinking of the wrong right. show. Park and Rec. No, 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 that's Amy Poehler. Yeah, right? Amy yeah, Poehler. Yeah, that's. Amy. I love Amy Poehler. I I have not watched the show like that, so that's on the to do list for sure. Uh, Rob Stradesky writes in and says Night Court in all caps. <laughs> Night Court was <laughs> underrated, dude. Night Court was underrated. Same though. It's not the best of all time. It's underrated, but not the best of all time. No, I wouldn't say that. Like I like right. Bull. But it's not the yeah. best of all time. Like, <laughs> who didn't like Bull? Did you like Bull? Of course, you I have a similar Bull. style. You, you and Bull have a similar style. Of course, yeah. you like Bull. Uh, Cal writes in and just says, "Who wouldn't love to head down to the Regal Beagle for an after work beverage?" John Ritter was so good. All How right, many Pete. times has Jay Beagle shown up in a highlight in this country? Yeah, and someone busted a Regal Beagle reference on air. I'm guilty yeah. of it too. I'm, I'm not immune. So I'm not immune. Uh, one I haven't watched, and people have said this to me too much for me not to watch. Bojack has got to be in this. Bojack Horseman. I can't can't get there on a on a cartoon horse. I got an, I got enough on my on my timeline <laughs> well, right now. There's hold enough on. in the Family queue Guy and Simpsons through. are two of the. I can't believe there aren't more Family Guy votes. By the way, like I, I there has to be. Yeah, family Guy is is you talk about a comeback story. That's the ultimate comeback story. Is Family Guy? Are yeah. you kidding? That's I mean DVD sales brought it back it. to Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Canceled it, brought it back. Just strictly on DVD sales. Crazy. And literally, I'm not kidding. Um, we've gotten uh, over f- like 300 responses uh, to this question and counting. And in the middle of it, Leanne just responded, who gives a bleep? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I don't disagree with Leanne. Like, is it the most important part of 2020? No. But like we, you know, I, I thought it was a fun debate. Fine. No fun for Leanne. All right. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. At wow. Leanne pouring cold water all over that. Sorry. What's the best let's, sitcom of all time? Who gives a play? Let's talk, talk sports. Here's your latest from the NHL. Nothing. Nothing. We'll talk to four people about nothing. Come on, man. Leanne, right. you're not invited to my party if I ever have one again. I love you, Leanne, for watching and listening. Love you, but we got to have a little fun here. Come on. It's December 16th. There's nothing <laughs> happening. Right. No, hold on. Shut your mouth, six arrow. Shut your damn mouth. We just had one of the insiders in all of Major League Baseball on the show. 
For those who might be just tuning in, Jeff Passan joined us and said that the Toronto, not only were the Toronto Blue Jays the favorites for George Springer, and they had this inkling that it might end up getting done, but this Jays linked to everyone is not baloney. It is, in fact, true. They are trying their darndest. What are you more surprised about? That they're in on everyone for real or that they might be close to Springer? The Springer one, look, I, I forget how many times I've asked people on this show, guests on this show, and you, um, like who's the one free agent you got to get if you're Ross Atkins and Mark, uh, Mark Shapiro? Mm-hmm. And the common answer coming back to us has been George Springer. George Springer defensively, George Springer offensively at the top of that order, potentially, leading off. George Springer, when you get – what did the Jays seem to lack against Tampa? Patience and confidence. This guy is our generation's Mr. October. Look at the numbers. He actually just passed Reggie Jackson on the all-time home run list this postseason. He plays more games. I understand. I trust everything George Springer brings to the table. Because even in that cesspool of lies and deceit, which was 2017 with the Houston Astros, somehow he's come out clean. And that's not easy to do. And he's continued to mash when it matters most. They nearly got back to a World Series. And I'm still pissed we didn't see Astros and Dodgers in that World Series this year. But I digress. That one continuously, Tim, it doesn't get old. Every time I hear someone seriously say, this has a shot, I stand up a little straighter in my chair and I take notice. And it, uh, that, it, would, mean, it would mean everything to the team. It would. It would mean everything to the Jays. I, I agree with most of what you said, and that is the one guy that everyone answers. Um, so it should be a thing on the show. Uh, that'll appear on Central. When something is said... Yeah, a logo cat, or something. Yeah, and just bring it up there. <laughs> Boom. It's like yeah. a flashing sign. That will appear on Central. Uh, a couple other ones that people are screaming at me to bring up, so I'm going to do it. Big Bang Theory, because we haven't mentioned it. It's all all right. in the family. All in the family. All in the family. Now legendary. Yeah. Legendary. legendary. Uh, and Arrested Development. And I'll say this about Arrested Development. I was listening to Smartless, and Will Arnett and Jason Bateman, who basically did it, said that they got all their stuff or the idea on how they would do it from English office, which is where really? this all began. Yes. Just without the, the cutaways. The Just pause, the, yeah. the embracing the silence, humor, the awkwardness, all of that. And Jason Bateman, is there a better actor than Jason Bateman to do that kind of stuff? Honestly? No. No. Like, just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. This was this fun. fun. Yeah. yeah, we got some, uh, there's some meat on the bone. We had a good debate. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to watching. As we leave you, Tim, don't forget. Oh, wash your hands. You gotta wash your hands. Wash yeah, your wash hands. Your hands. Right. Wash your hands. Wash your Microphone hands. almost hit me in the face. Washing your hands. Washing oh, your hands. Washing yeah, yeah. your hands. <laughs>